Yo, 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 what's up? It's your girl, Black Madonna. Coming to you straight out of the 419 Glass City. Um, with the podcast someone said. Um, we just gonna hop right into it. Uh, this week, our topic is going to be the things we don't talk about, and it's gonna be a part of a series. I wanna talk about some of the things that we don't talk about some of the things that might get swept under the rug. One of the things that is obvious knowledge, but we try to act like isn't there. Um, obviously, um, a certain situation in the media has opened up the conversation um, about molestation and abuse and whether or not we cover it up and allow men in power to get away with things um that conversation then led to the fact that you know men aren't the only abusers there are women abusers out here as well and it just opened up some other questions about how we handle things in house with the family and all type of other things so um i want to read this article that was in the new york times and <clears throat> the headline of this article is Me Too. If you're not familiar with the hashtag Me Too, it is about uh, sexual assault um, among men of power. But it says Me Too has finally returned to black girls. Um, I can't really pronounce their last names, but uh, I know there is. Both of their last names is Tillit, what this article is about. Um, and it starts off with, I didn't value the accusers' stories because they were black women. And that is a quote that was said by Chance the Rapper. Uh, he said that in the final episode of Lifetime, six-part documentary, Surviving R. Kelly, which aired last week. Now, I don't know if any of you had a chance to watch all six parts. I did not watch all six parts. Um, I was having a really time, a really, really hard time kind of like sitting through that. And it was just a lot to take in. It was a lot of drama, a lot of negativity and pain. And a lot of things that was kind of bad to the energy. Um, especially seeing how, you know, it kind of helped his sales a little bit with this information. Um, and you really can't get mad You really can't get mad and say a whole lot about it because um, people, people, it's a strange world that we live in. I mean, it's kind of like when um, Charles Manson, the serial killer, he, uh, he had a following. A lot of these people who are being demonized, who are demonized in the media often end up with a following or a fan base for the heinous thing that they might have did. Some people are really kind of into that. So his sales kind of went up and um, he had people showing up to whatever event or show or whatever he just did recently even seen taking pictures he even came out and made a statement about the videotape in question which we all heard about back when it first came out of uh, 
about him supposedly urinating on a 14 year old girl and everything that came behind that. So Surviving R. Kelly uh, is a lifetime movie documentary about, you know, these different women telling their stories of how they dealt with R. Kelly or what happened in their time that was dealing with them. So, a few hours before the show, Chance wrote on Twitter, Any of us who ever ignored the R. Kelly stories or ever believed he was being set up slash attacked by the system, as black men often are, were doing so at the detriment of black women and girls. Chance's blunt admission has long been true. For 20 years, black girls and women accused the R&B singer Robert Kelly of sexually assaulting minors, yet he still enjoyed enormous success. So his spectacular fall, due in large part to the work of Dream Hampton, an executive producer of the documentary, marked a cultural shift. Over the past week, we've had conversations with many people who have never believed black girls' allegations against him until they saw the documentary, which the two of us, who are sisters, consulted on in its early stages. So these sisters, I told you I can't say, uh, I can't say their first names. I want to say Salamisha Tillett and Shaharazade Tillett. Um, if you look the article up, you can see, I'll try to look them up and come up with their pronunciation later for their names, but, uh, that's who they are talking about that they, uh, they are sisters and they consulted on this documentary in the early stages. And to continue to read, it says, It seemed that the hashtag MeToo has finally returned to black girls. After all, hashtag MeToo was founded by a black woman, Tarana Burke, who helped African-American girls like the 13-year-old in Alabama who told her in 1997 about being sexually abused by her mother's boyfriend. Now, we have to make sure that it does not leave. It is clear that the tide has turned. The backlash against R. Kelly includes high-profile celebrities and everyday fans, as well as prosecutors in Atlanta and Chicago who are looking into the allegations, and it builds on the hashtag Mute R. Kelly campaign, the cancellation of his concert last spring in Chicago, his hometown, and a statement by the woman of color of Time's Up demanding that companies like RCA Records, Spotify, and Apple Music stop doing business with him. So, um... Hashtag Mute R. Kelly uh, is trying to get him off of the radio and get him off of streaming because they're saying we should not be supporting this music. He was sexually abusing minors at the time, um, allegedly messing with young women in their teens. Um, he's There's even a um, video, like a short clip going around Instagram where the person who was talking is asking him about teenagers and he's like defying teenagers well obviously it'd be anyone with teen on the end and all the controversy surrounding the video but he has still continued to make hit after hit 
uh, sale record after record, concerts and tours constantly selling out, you know what I mean? And all of this, Chance the Rapper says, all of this, the fact that we ignore um, what is being alleged, we do it at the detriment of black women. Um, I want to ask the question, as a black woman, do you feel protected? If you are a black woman, do you feel protected? Do you feel protected in society? Do you feel protected in the community? Um, Malcolm X said that the black woman is the most disrespected um, being in the human race. Do you think that's true? Do you feel that black women are constantly overlooked and stepped on? Um, so just to continue with this article, but our optimism is tempered by history, which shows that social justice movements rarely center for any meaningful period on black girls. That's because black girls experience racial, gender, and economic oppressions all at the same time. A phenomenon the law professor Kimberly Crenshaw calls intersectional, intersectionality. As a result, their voices and experience do not neatly fit into a single issue narrative of gender or race. So it's saying that because our struggles <laughs> seem to operate on different planes, it's never really focused on um, when the conversation is opened up. It never gets a whole lot of focus. So as activists, these are the sisters talking, we've witnessed this firsthand. 20 years ago, when we helped the filmmaker Asha Shahada Simmons make No, N-O, the rape documentary, she was initially rejected by every major distributor. An executive from HBO even told her in 1998, most people don't care about the rape of black women and girls, and therefore we're concerned that there won't be many viewers who will tune in. Do you think that's true? Now, this is something that she said in 19... That was said in 1998. Here it is, 2019. Do you feel like that is still true 11 years later? That nobody really cares about the treatment of black women and girls, the rape, the abuse, the assault on black women and girls. So even today, as hashtag MeToo continues to dominate headlines, black girls have been invisible in the movement. Instead, the media has focused on white Hollywood actresses who have come forward with their accounts of systematic abuse and harassment. But we learned long through our work with A Long Walk Home, a nonprofit, we founded in 2003, the sisters, in response to... Salizma's own experience of rape when she was 17 that one of the most overlooked yet effective ways to create social change is just to believe the stories that girls and young women of color tell us and if we want to empower black girls we have to confront and dismantle each system of oppression that affects them so 
we are this this is saying that you know that black women are oppressed on so many different levels that you know if someone tells you something happened to them excuse me then you need to just listen period This past summer, for example, young artists and activists in our organization, was work, which works to end violence against girls and women, led their first public art campaign called the Visibility Project. They took over Douglas Park in Chicago, where several girls from their school had been abducted and sexually assaulted. It's also where a 22-year-old black woman, Rakia Boyd, was killed by an off-duty police officer in 2012. As the girls share their stories of sexual assault or gang violence, they refuse to separate the impact of sexual violence, gun violence, and political brutality on their lives and on their city. And there was a ripple effect. We've noticed in our work that black girls are very powerful organizers. They recruit boys, other girls, their parents, and ultimately their community into the movement. That's another reason we have to make sure that this current moment of listening to and believing black girls and young women is durable. If it's fleeting, the hashtag MeToo movement will fail. This requires new forms of collaboration and coalition building. Leg legacy civil rights organizations must prioritize sexual assault and domestic violence with the same passion that they bring to voting rights or criminal justice reform. White feminists should organize for equal pay and reproductive rights around an anti-racist framework. Victims' rights organizations must offer culturally specific resources that lift up the work of organizations led by black women that have long been on the front line of these issues. With each passing day, more young women accuse R. Kelly of sexual assault. That means more people and institutions, with the glaring exception of his label, RCA, are taking their voices and, by extension, girls who look like them seriously. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Let's not squander it. And these sisters, whose first names I cannot pronounce, uh... It, one is a professor of African-American and African Studies and Creative Writing at Rutgers University in Newark. And the other sister is a art therapist and a social documentary photographer. Okay, so this article, that's the end of the article, is basically about how uh, now black girls are gaining a voice. And that's why we titled this podcast, um, Things That We Don't Talk About. Things That Get Swept Under The Rug. Um, I'm pretty sure that we all have a story of some sort. Not everyone may have a story of, excuse me, I keep yawning. It's almost three o'clock in the morning. Um, all of us may not have a story of abuse or molestation but we all have a story and we should take the time to listen to each other so i would like to share my story of um when i was younger 
I was molested by a older female cousin who was supposed to be watching me, but um, she used me to experiment some things that she probably was feeling sexually because she was an older teen and I was barely a preteen. So um, maybe about 10 or 11 years old. And she's about 17, 18, possibly even 19. Um, but she's very isolated, um, but very boy crazy. And um, I think she was dealing with some hormones, and she just used not only me, um, one of my other cousins, as a way to explore her own sexual desires. And um, I held on to that for a long time. And I really didn't realize how affected I was by it until um, I started having children. And I had a situation when I was um, pregnant with my daughter where I came into contact with an unwanted uh, sexual touch. Um, you can be molested as an adult if someone is, you know, touching you or groping you and you don't feel comfortable with it. That is a form of violation. It's a form of molestation. It's a form of abuse. So, you know, um, no means no. And sometimes before you even get to the no, people will try you. And, you know, a lot of people, or well, I'm not going to say a lot of people, predators, prey on children because children are naive and trusting and you know they're they're weak so we have to do what we can to protect our children and this hashtag uh, me too is giving young black women older black women women who may may have suffered through abuse who've been quiet for a long time an opportunity to say me too hey that happened to me too and um, I'm part of that movement. It did happen to me too. But um, I learned to heal. I learned to forgive. Um, we do have to take into consideration. I know we don't always want to. And this is not to justify or make an excuse for anyone else. But we do have to take consideration the background. Um, just like in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary where the um, brother was talking. And he was saying that it happened to him. And, you know, he was turned away and, you know, taught to live in denial. And he goes on a vlog that I do like, uh, Unwind with Tasha K. Uh, my cousin, she uh, turned me on to her um, YouTube. And he goes on there to tell her that, you know, he was molested, basically raped by an older teenage sister at a very young age. She, um taught him how to do sexual acts and was doing sexual acts on him and forcing him to do sexual acts on her. Um, I seen where D. Ray Davis said he lost his virginity to a 30-year-old woman at the age of 12. And, you know, I could see where that might have created a problem. Um, and trust issues, you hear it come out in his jokes sometimes. You know, he's a little... He's been a little disrespectful towards women, but always still at the same men, open and honest. And um, we love D. Ray Davis. He visits Toledo 
often and comes and shows love. So shout out to D. Ray Davis. But the thing is, you know, hashtag me too should not just. I appreciate that it's opened up the conversation for young black women and black women in general to uh, share their stories of abuse and possibly heal from it. But we need to understand something too that, you know, it did not just happen to our girls, it happens to our boys as well. And we have to be open and honest and we have to create a safe place for our children to come talk to us and we also have to create a security where they will not fall victim to those type of things they will automatically know off the bat that something is wrong but if you leave your children in a position where they're constantly craving attention the attention they receive may not be the attention they see i don't let my daughter sit in another man's lap um I could talk about an incident where I got into it with a family member about my daughter sitting in their lap. Well, you know, I know things for myself, from my personal experiences with this person, from my sister's personal experience from this person. I don't need to let my daughter sit in your lap anyway, but that is just something that she is taught, that your father is the only one that you get intimate and close to, and he doesn't even allow her to sit on his lap. So why am I going to allow my daughter to sit on another man's lap? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work out that way. I have to protect her. And that means protecting what she sees, her perspective of what she sees is right and what she sees is wrong. Um... And while we're on the subject of children, in my next podcast, I want to talk about whether this idea of a child being 18 and being grown and able to take care of themselves and kicking our children out at the age of 18 because we got tired and we don't want to help take care of them anymore. Um, there are some other things that I want to bring up that we don't talk about that we have to talk about we have to start changing our thinking we have to start changing the direction that our minds are going in i was telling somebody earlier that i believe that after the civil rights movement and we were coming to a place where we were growing stronger as a people drugs came in and changed everything crack definitely changed everything um not saying everyone but a lot of people that i know in my generation i am 31 years old a lot of people around my age group depended a lot on grandmothers and grandfathers for wisdom for safety for food for shelter because their parents if they were anything like mine were caught up in the crack era and when you young and you chasing a high you know they was out here doing all kind of stuff so you know my father was killed when i was three years old and my mother um struggle for years and years and years and even to this day with a crack addiction and 
that changed the dynamic of this whole generation and what we lean on and what we look to to get the strength that we need to do the things that we are supposed to be doing. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, the shift from religion to consciousness, the scale, finding balance and all those different things. We have to have some serious conversations as a community because it's time for us to change our thinking. The way that we see things, the things that we support, we are all, we got it all misconstrued. We got it all wrong and it's time to start moving in the right direction. Um, Going back to the times when we pray, you can say that God ain't real. You can say don't pray, don't work. But I haven't met not one person in their 80s, 90s who has not attributed their old age to their faith in God that has not attributed their blessings to having faith in God. And that's all I'm going to say on a religious note. Um... We're just going to have a few different conversations. I want to talk about the drug culture. I'm going to have um, a special guest. I read, I'm reading the book Dope Sick. I paused for it for a minute. I got too many books I'm reading at one time. I want uh, got Michelle Obama reading her book to me on Audible. And I want to download this other book. I can't tell y'all the title yet. That's going to be, um, that's going to be a special, special, special show. Um, I'm just going to pop up by surprise on that one with this new book and this new area of life that, um, being opened up to me, I really, um, that's probably going to be a private episode. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that's going to be something different, something real different. But, um, I just really want to thank y'all. Um, for those who do listen, you don't have to listen to the whole podcast. Even if you just hit play, help a sister get paid. You feel me? Thank you for listening and paying attention to this podcast. Um, I had my women's group meeting and women, girls, whatever. I do suggest if you don't have at least one or two other women to pray with, talk with, let your hair down with, that you get you some, especially in this trying times, we need to start putting our hands together, we need to start putting our resources together and really starting to build up. While they were talking in this women's group, which is called the Goody Girls, by the way, I wrote this and I'm going to read this and this is how I'm going to close my podcast out. Again, thank you for listening, but I'm going to go ahead and read this um and it says women who pray slay giants demons fears hair lashes nails skin the beautiful brown skin we are in we have finally spoke out and stood up they still try to knock us down black woman the most hated and the most imitated tired of our prayers not being answered. I will have them answered in his will. Spiritual ears, spiritual ears open. The soft voices of the women before us speaking wisdom. Our belief in God confident in ourselves. No longer broken. 
or weighed down by the oppression of men, the curse given to the pits, deep dark curse hidden in slavery, laws broken and rebel hearts united. I hate to see hidden gems in the Bible that they use to slave, enslave us, but we learn the language, adapt, and secretly take over the hearts of their children. Love me. First Peter 4.1 Christian's first cousin, Christian, a first cousin molestation, incest made normal, scared to say no. What if the army does, what has the army done to the men we love? It changes things. Single parents for years and years. Uncontrolled emotions and discipline. The hunger. Desire to do better. Hookups. We need each other. And we need rest. We love to act up in the drive-thru. We hate our jobs. But we need to help our men and learn to have compassion. We are all searching for peace. The Chinese, the child in us stifled, yet we are rising up. And those are my little notes. Sorry if I was stumbling. I write kind of fast, so I'll be tripping over my words sometimes. And I'm kind of thirsty. I got cotton mouth, and I'm sleepy, and I'm ready to go to bed. But I thank y'all so much for listening, and I'm glad I was able to get this off my chest. I will have all of you lifted up in my prayers, and... Uh, just continue to walk with me on this journey and anything that someone said, bring it to me and we will discuss it. So have a good night. Have a great weekend. I'm trying to sleep in tomorrow. We're going to see how that works out. But I love you and I can't thank you enough. And thank God. Have a good night.